from Kalaloo Studios in New York City. You are listening to Let's Take It Offline with your host, Kishana Palmer. Hey, Fab Crew. You're listening to Let's Take This Offline, the podcast for everyday leaders. Part inspiration, part set down. Let's have a conversation. Here's where you'll find the real deal about living well and leading well. I'm Kishana Palmer, your host and resident leadership whiz. What happened in the meeting after the meeting? We talk about it all on Let's Take This Offline. Don't forget to subscribe, download, and leave a comment so we can keep the conversation going. For the past 20 years, Lanita Dunlap, has dedicated her life to service and advocacy for access to mental health and equitable education for marginalized communities through working in educational and nonprofit organizations that uplift and empower young people and their families. As a consultant and thought partner, she specializes in guiding teams through crisis situations and introducing their missions to various stakeholders. As a community development and mental health expert, Lenita combines research, policy, and expertise to empower, motivate, and rally teams through facilitation and leadership development. Lanita is committed to mental health access, and it was birthed from advocating for her family's mental health journey. As she continued along her journey, she was featured as a speaker at the 2019 Australia and New Zealand Refugee Trauma Recovery in Resettlement Conference in Brisbane, Australia, and the North American Refugee Health Conference in Toronto, Canada. Both platforms provided an opportunity to share her unique perspective. Currently, as a PhD student in public administration and policy at the University of Texas at Arlington, Lenita is researching burnout, refugee resettlement, equity, and leadership. And so she understands the trials and triumphs of nonprofit leaders, not only practically, but theoretically. Lenita holds two masters, one in education and the other in public administration. Lenita is married to her love, Garland, and is the mother of one inquisitive son who blesses their lives with so much uniqueness and intelligence, it's hard to believe that he is 10 years old. Well, hello, hello, everyone. It's your girl, Kashana, and I am back in the studio for another amazing episode of Let's Take This Offline, the podcast for everyday leaders. And today, y'all already heard it, okay? Friends, I get to have like the dopest folks in the world show up and show out, and today is no different. And so I invited Lenita into Kalaloo Studios to talk with me today about the things that we need to be having conversations around are mental health, the boundaries, and all of the things in between. And why are we having this conversation? Because clearly I cannot get enough. <laughs> so welcome, welcome, welcome. Hi, friend. I'm so excited to be here. So excited to be here. Thank you for I the invitation. So yeah, absolutely. Anytime. And, and listen, when when I know you are uh, in the South, but uh, whenever you find your way up north to New York City, you always know you have an invitation to come hang out with me. I will love it. I mean, I'm from Chicago originally, so it's yes. like, 
you know, I'm Midwest and I love East Coast. So, yes, if you get, get through these COVID streets. And we just get sure. COVID streets. Right. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really a thing. So I told, you know, I wanted to talk with you today about what I call cutting through the chaos. And the reason I even pulled that out was because when I was reading some of your work online, it just like got straight through to the heart of what I wanted to talk about. Uh-huh. And that is oftentimes we find ourselves mired in the everyday busy. Uh-huh. And when we get to the office, for some of us, go downstairs, go to the kitchen table, go to the dining table. Exactly, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Chaos does not leave us. Uh-uh. And so... I tell us a little bit about how you came into the work that you do and how you ended up landing at this intersection between um, trauma-informed care and boundary setting and the workplace because your website says not just fundraising. And I was like, that's my girl. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you know what? That's a great question. Honestly, it's like I had to stumble upon it. I wish that I was so intuitive, right, and and knew this prior to leadership, right? But it's having to deal with the burnout and having to deal with the issues that helped me to understand that we have to do this better, right? So um, long story short, I've always been about public service. Like I come from a family that's, you know, served at church and all the things. And when I graduated from undergrad, um, I majored in speech communications. So what do you do with that, honestly? And so you go into like sales and you know how to communicate and all that stuff. But I ended up pursuing a master's in public administration, which introduced me to the world of nonprofits. And honestly, I was riding a bus in Chicago looking at people and I was wondering like, okay, I know there's tons of nonprofits, but my mind went into, I wonder if the organizations and leaders have the resources and the needs. For some reason, that was just my question. And so when I, I mean, it's so intuitive, like I couldn't even give myself that credit. I, I really just thank God for like, giving me that insight of yes. caring about the people because having served in churches and things like that, like, like you care about the people and who yes. you want to serve. But then I always saw the people who were doing the serving being overwhelmed. And so then as I started to serve in nonprofits, I was starting, you know, with doing like payroll and operations. And then I got into fundraising and then I was like, you know what? I want to be a CEO one day. So my quest was trying to, get to that piece. And I kind of went through just a circle of different opportunities. And honestly, my prayer, my prayer was, God, if I'm not ready to lead, don't give it to me. But when I am, let me just move on forward. And so long story short, got into a position as a CEO of a nonprofit and there's questions I should have asked at that time, but I didn't. Um, And I helped her. Like, are y'all financially solvent? Hello. Like straight up. Um, And I need certain things to get this job done. Will you provide it? And if the answer is no, then why am I taking this position? But being the caregiver, the, oh, I really want to help these children. I think it's a good opportunity. You take on these roles. And I know you know this. You take on these roles 
And then when you get in it, you don't have the support you need. Or when you do these monumental things, people are not celebrating, you know, the work. And you, as a person, you just need to, like, you need people to love on you. And you need the same support and love that you're pouring out. And it has to be replenished. And it can't just be from, like, family can do that, yes. But at some point, it's like, man, why am I doing all of this? If there's like, again, it's not like you're trying to get like accolades, right? But you just want to know that your work matters and it's important for that. And so it, was, it wasn't until leaving, being asked to leave after I've helped to build the organization up, make, you know, build, building, you know, six figure salary, you know, all these type of things. All the things. All the things. And being asked to leave. And honestly, the timing was great because I always said if we had a conversation, they would have known that I was also ready to leave because I was ready to go back to school because I had took a break for like a year and a half. Yeah. Um, But we didn't have the conversation. Like it was just no dignity. And like, let's have the conversation so we can actually do what's best for the organization. And it was just done so poorly. And so it was basically on the end of that where I started talking to other nonprofit CEOs and other nonprofit leaders. And they talked about their hellish stories. And then I realized there was a common theme and that everybody was burnt out and that you know, here I am provide, providing trauma-informed care for the clients that we served, helped to build a whole new program, a whole okay. new structure based off of research, looking at the way that, okay, this is a group of people who are not being served mentally. They're being asked to come into our country, learning how to speak the language, yeah. you know, basically assimilate, but not acculturate, not keeping their native cultures and being able to just thrive, right? Yeah. And yeah. so- Doing that type of work, I realized that the leaders of nonprofits also needed that intentionality, also needed that support because you are giving out and it called it compassion care or self-care. And I think it's beyond that. And so it was through the research of providing for children that they had access that it wasn't until I left that I realized, man, along the way, I should have had this access, you know, and I tried to provide it for my staff, but you can only do so much when you're uh, under-resourced and you could only do so much when you're not. I mean, it was just one of those things where you just wasn't getting enough to do the things that you wanted to do and you didn't have the support to be able to execute the vision. So at some point, somebody got to Somebody got to make Something a move. has to give. Right. And I think what's so there's yeah. so much to, to kind of unpack there. So from the top, you were like, I was, I earned this position. Mm-hmm. I knew I had some things I needed to grow into. Every mm-hmm. single leader who steps into the leadership seat has mm-hmm. that um, opportunity before them. Also, the board has a responsibility to ensure that you're successful. Like, I think sometimes board members forget, like, your job as a part of governance is to make sure that the organization is healthy. Mm-hmm. And part of that health is the person who is charged with operationalizing the mission. And that Mm -hmm. is your CEO or executive director. And Mm -hmm. so that care does not just extend to the books because people want to know, is the program right? Are the activities happening? Is the budget right? Are the expenses? How many people are you serving? Blah, 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 blah. Are you serving, et cetera, et cetera. But are you worried about the givers? And I think the other, and you see, and you're right. And the other piece for that, I think for me was recognizing that, I was always forthright with what I needed help with. Got it. 
I wasn't trying to be superwoman. I told them the, the main two areas that I needed help with. And it ironically, it was the main two areas that I expressed from day one that were the things that they mentioned as the reasons why they wanted me to step down. And so I'm like, I, I leave gracefully knowing that I'm like, look, at the end of the day, I knew these two areas were my weak points. I was I was explicit. I, I told you, like, I needed to help have help in these two areas. And so, yeah, I mean, like when you sit back and really reflect, you're like, look, at the end of the day, if they're never going to give you the things that you've been asking for, you're running, you know, you're going up an uphill battle. And it wasn't Absolutely. until when I left, I was able to reflect upon the fact that I gave it, I gave it my all. And I was able to leave regardless of what, you know, their motives were, I knew it was my time to go. I mean, I had even, I was even offered another position in Colorado and, you know, my family and I were thinking about that as well. So, I mean, it wasn't like I couldn't get another job. It just was more of like, I just wanted to know was my season done. And for me, when I left, that, that was when the season was done. And I think that's so powerful. And so the thing that we don't talk about enough are the conditions that are necessary for folks who are in that leadership spot to be successful. Mm-hmm. And that what is necessary for one type of leader is different than another. And so we've got to be able to have those conversations. Exactly. And also be honest about what we're able to provide by way of support. And support can be people, right? Like I learned the hard way, to your point about things we learned the hard way, Mm-hmm. Um, I do not do well without having an assistant. I want to say that I'm one of those people that I can just do it all. And I do lots of things. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, my, my bag is, my Santa Claus bag is very heavy. Yep. Also, yep. I am my best self when I am not focused on the fine, fine, fine details because I will skip jump through the details, forget the bigger mm-hmm. stuff. And you don't mm-hmm. want me working on those pebbles when you really want me pushing those boulders Uh and I had to be honest with myself and then be honest with my CEO and the board and then with future clients when I went into interim roles like look these are the things that have to be true in order for me to be able to show up and show out otherwise I'm gonna show up but show out probably not gonna occur Exactly. And I might do it for a short time, but I want you to know that I will slippery slide into good enough. And you don't want Kashana operating good enough. So I think, you know, what I hear inherent in, in your story is you being able to, to be self-aware enough to name up front, like these are the things that I need in order to be successful and to really bolster that success because I'm going to get it done. Mm-hmm. But if you don't want to burn the people to get to the outcome, these conditions have to be true. Yeah. And so if board leadership is not focused on the 360 aspect of what it's going to take to have somebody in that seat yeah. to run an organization successfully, then we're, we're totally off base. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly right. I think at the end of the day, one of the things I can say that I own is a lack of, of accountability to say, look, I cannot do. Whereas what I did was I did in spite of. But now looking back, I'm like, no, I should have held the line and say, look, we've been able to do this. However, in order to go into this next phase, whereas I was moving us phase by phase by phase 
and burning myself out without holding the line and say, look, I need these things because we're yes. growing, we're expanding, we were growing, growing yes. way too fast. And that was great because funders loved it, you know, but at the same time, it's like, look, what do I need? Like, what does my team need? And you can't build up the leaders. Like one of the things I kept trying to explain to them is I'm like, okay, most of you all serving on the board are from, you know, corporate environment. You have VPs, you have administrative assistants. I didn't have that. Not for a small nonprofit. Like that, that was just wasn't part of what the structure wasn't built that way. And so the very thing that you're asking me to have, like these fancy reports and spreadsheets, I'm like, so who going to do that? Like, like, let's normalize having the proper functional assistance. Exactly. Every size. I mean, so it's like my, you know, my so-and-so does this for me and you need to do this for us. And I'm like, so who's going to do it? I'm like, if we can't automate it to, to, to get the system to crank it out, Mm -hmm. then who do you want to do this? Right. And because I was assertive and direct folks didn't like that. See, I was self-aware. I knew that I needed certain things. I knew yeah. I was weak in certain areas, but I also didn't hold the line when I should have. And then when I was bold enough to, to hold them accountable later on, folks didn't like that. But I was like, at this point, I have nothing to lose, right? Because you're wanting me to do something, it's not happening. And I, I, I can no longer continue to move things forward when I can't get the stuff that I need. And your story is unfortunate, but not unique. And that's the part that exactly. is exactly right. Because exactly you can point to successes that I'm sure still are stood up in the organization today, because that's just how we build. Right. We build mm-hmm. for the that we, we build beyond ourselves. And yet the price that you had to pay to get to those outcomes, the question you ask, is it worth it? And I think that we don't ask that question enough. And there are studies and blog posts and webinars and all type of conversations about what's happening to our leadership pipeline Mm -hmm. and getting more folks across all budget size and all sizes of organizations to be able to lead. What does that look like? Mm -hmm. Um, And yet we struggle um, with being able to find a way for leaders to do that. Um, that is really, really banana boats and unfortunate because that is literally the opposite of what organizations want. Exactly. I mean, that's what I'm doing research on right now. Speaking of like the PhD program. Yeah. I saw that it was so, I I saw that it was so prevalent that I knew that I needed to do more on this. Yeah. And the reality of it is that we don't really have hardcore data for nonprofit executives. We have it for like the medical environment. We have studies that people have done for certain sectors of the other country. Um, Other countries like Australia are doing some more, like they kind of are ahead in some of these things. Um, But honestly, from a U.S. perspective, I haven't seen, I mean, there's different I guess, surveys and blogs where people talk about more of their personal story. And we can tie those things together from an anecdote mm-hmm. or there's a lot of uh, just case studies. But being able to really pull some hardcore data, I'm realizing that that's something that's needed. And so a lot of what I'm working on right now is pulling together a comprehensive literature, like review on these studies to make certain that we can have this for the sector and being able to 
not only talk about it, but leverage it for conversations. I mean, because I think it yeah. leads to the type of DEI work that we're talking about that folks making it seem as if it's new and it's not new. Um, it's not new. It's not you know, new, friend. You know, this, this is not new, new. This is not new, new. Like, no. And the equity work that we uh, talk about. I mean, it's, it's, these are not just talking points. I mean, when you look at boards and when you look at uh, just all the things, you recognize that it's, it's just like the sector itself is coming up short in what it was supposed to be. Like when you think about the gap, it was supposed to be gap between the government and the business world, which means we should be just as resourced as government and businesses. And the reality of it is, People want us to do this work. They don't want to pay and they don't recognize that it's impossible to do. And organizations that look that that are led by people that look like us have always been under resourced and understaffed. And so when I think about the work that I'm doing through my business, not just fundraising, we're trying to just really do do what we've always done as a people. Um, and it's doing fundraising unapologetically being who you are and tapping into what your calling is and tapping into the work that brings you joy. Um, there are lots of people who are consultants and coaches who will tell you how to play the game. I'm Block done. Block and I'm done. I'm done with all of that. I'm like, you can have that quote unquote game. That and I have, internet. <laughs> you can have that whole and, and, the internet. You can have and it. look, have fun with it, but look, I am not losing any more hair. I'm not gaining no more weight. That's it. Um, That's unless it. I'm eating some good food that I want to eat, right? Like, but I'm like, look, I'm not doing any of that anymore. And my leaders that I, I don't take every client because if you're not like if you're wanting to get, you know, oh, I want this grant and you want to succumb to this, you know, th this traditional setup, I'm not your girl. Definitely. But if you're wanting to really tap into what you feel called to do and being able to look at um, just unconventional ways to really raise in funds. I mean, I have one client right now. They started the year with their budget already ready. That's it. And what do you think made the difference in that regard? Because I think one of the things that is really clear to me um, as we talk about like our leadership journey and we talk about building viable and healthy organizations and having like just the, the word healthy organization in people, that's not talking about retention, even though retention um, has to be a part of the conversation. Mm -hmm. What did you do differently? Like what, how did you kind of shift their way of thinking, because that's a mindset. And then also acting on that mindset um, in order to get them to be able to say, oh, I'm going to show up powerfully in this way and I'm going to solution this way so that you do things that, you know, I'm like, yes, for the budget at the beginning of the year being done. Like, how did you how did you get there? Honestly, the leader is just phenomenal. And my job as a coach was just helping her to see like to really see that she had already made strategic moves like getting rid of board members that didn't look yeah. like her. I mean, and it doesn't mean that she didn't have support. I mean, there's other people who are on the board who are from different backgrounds and cultures, but typically you're wanting to have like the majority of culture and that's what success looks like, right? You have to have these key people. But what she realized was that she really did need a working board, not a fundraising board, that she really needed folks to help to hold up her hands and that she was the best fundraiser. So once she understood that, then you had board members who were actually coming 
alongside her in this small organization doing the writing and taking on things that she didn't know how to do. So I think it was building up her self-awareness of what can I actually do and what can I actually outsource and getting to posture in that way. She was able to be authentically herself as she showed up in socials and as she showed up in meetings. And when all the things that was happening during the pandemic, she was able to leverage just being authentically herself. And it was that authenticity that people connected with and they didn't want to go with other organizations. I mean, she was unapologetically black unapologetically working for an organization that was supporting black mothers and BIPOC families. And that was the line. And so here it is, you got this movement that's post, you know, George, George Floyd and all the things. And you had organizations who were like scrambling, trying to find organizations that were similar to hers. And she was able to leverage that. Not only did she leverage that, um, she was able to put that into, you know, saying this is the work, this is the narrative. Like we're trying to break down systems um, that have been set up for our failure. So being able to talk about that and go into spaces. I mean, she was talking to conservative uh, yeah. church spaces and all the things, but helping to teach and to be authentic and vulnerable. And it was through that authenticity, that vulnerable that I feel like from just from a spiritual perspective, I feel like God just led her to the right people. And it wasn't about the, you have to have this percentage of donations and you got to have this percentage of corporate and you got to have, I mean, we just kind of blew that all out and just focused on an authentic message and an authentic story and really connecting with people who identify with that, which means there are certain people who won't ever fund her and that's okay. And that's okay. Okay. Um, Everybody everybody can't come, right? And everybody can't come. Everybody can't come. And, you know, when I think about, um, how you were able to coach her to really standing up and standing out. You mm-hmm. know, she was focused. She was focused. You got to be laser focused and, and pretty relentless to be able to say like, here's how we're going to get this particular thing done. Here's the prop, the largesse of the problem. Mm-hmm. And here's how I want to invite you to come along with me to be able to solve it. Like, you need that level of focus and messaging is so, so, so clear. Exactly. And I think, when I think about chaos in organizations, oftentimes I wonder if it's because there's this mashup of having to get the budget right, having to get the messaging right, having to get the social media right, having to get the people right, having to, having the fund, to get the funders mm-hmm. um, right, having to make the funders happy. Is this what they want? We have so many... It's too much holders. Exactly. That we are beholden to and responsive mm-hmm. to um, and responsible for. Mm-hmm. It's just too much. Yeah. Too much. I mean, it was through failure that I was able to coach her to say, don't do that. Like, stay away from that. Stay. O- and you got to be able to like use your own testimony, right? Like I yeah. am not embarrassed about the, the, the ways in which I failed because I know that everything that I've gone through has been used to shape my character. Right. And there was just some things that needed to be shaped. And it was through the journeys of the highs and the lows that allow me to be a better coach and consultant because I'm like, no, I know what it's like to go down that path. I know what it's like to try to kiss the butt. Oh, can I say that? Of folks, you know, that like, you know, 
this is the this is their three lines that they really want you to adhere to. And it's like, you know, what's so freeing is when you invite people to come see your space and you can help them to catch the vision. And they may look at a website and think, oh, my gosh, I don't know if I can support this. Then they walk away and say, wait a minute, how much can we do? I mean, I mean, that's the beauty of the work, right, is when you can see that it's not contingent upon this cookie cutter um, formula. And that. that and that we're able to prove that we can fundraise just as well as anybody else. And the beauty of it is here's what's so cool. A lot of folks don't even know that I'm working with this organization. I can care less. Like <laughs> you just see what that. I'm saying? Like I love that. Yeah, like, I can care less. I, just I don't care less. I just love being able to do the work. And what's so cool is all like I don't even have my business website ready. Like everything is going under, under my personal Lenita Dunlap website. My business website, not just fundraising, it's it's it, it's it's to be you know it's coming right. So my socials are coming. And uh, PhD student, let's be clear. <laughs> right. And so again. All of the business that, that, that I've had is all been through um, referrals, mm-hmm. not because I have the trendiest of things. And it doesn't mean that I don't need it. It's going to come. But I think that it speaks to the value of like where I place my value. And for me, it's about doing good work. It's about being able to tap into that leader to help them believe in themselves. Yeah. So I see myself as like, you know, a minister, if you will, or a pastor. It's like, you know, how do I come alongside these phenomenal leaders so that they can do what they need to do to serve wherever they're called to be? And I think that being able to be in that position is a good, that's a good coach, right? Cause okay. I'm not the one that's going to make the play. Like I'm not the one that's going to shoot the ball or, you know, run and get the touchdown. That's not me. Right. Um, right. But however, what's cool is I'm teaching you how to fish. I, I am making certain that you have the right tools. I'm making certain that you vision cast or you have your strategic plan or you have your fundraising plan. Like I'm not going to come alongside you and say, yeah, I'm going to help you, uh, you know, raise a million when you barely got 10,000. Like, just be realistic. Be right? realistic. You're just like, be you're realistic. like a real conversation. And a lot of times, exactly. you exactly that. And you get folks who come into your orbit um, who, ha- you know, because ca- casting vision can also get you in trouble, to be clear. Like, you can um, cast out all the way out there and you're like, so about the net, though. Exactly. <laughs> like, net, net. <laughs> like, what's the net, net? Like, what's you know, that? what's the net, net? Because I'm like, look, here's the deal. I'm not going to lie to you and say, I'm going to help you build a million dollars when I'm looking at your spreadsheet of, of <laughs> like, if, if you're working with a spreadsheet, more than likely, you probably not bringing in no money anyway. But that's a whole nother conversation. So like if folks are on a spreadsheet and not into a database and a system and there's not a strategic yeah, way in which you're connecting, we have other work that needs that's to get done. To do. And that's the type of conversation that I have with leaders where I'm like, look, we got to have the real conversation. Like when I talk to clients or potential clients, I'm like, look, there are just things you need not to fit into a mold. But if you're not articulating your story well, yes. then how are you expecting people to come alongside it? I mean, we'll find your your people, right? We can find your people who get your work. But if you are not ready for the moment when they can connect Absolutely. and we have other things that need to get done. And, and I think that's what people don't do. And you have a world that's telling you, you know, like, it's kind of like, 
people can manipulate nonprofit leaders because Ooh. they're just showing. I mean, I'm just being real. They, they, they'll show them the carrot. Like, oh, I'm this consulting firm that, you know, we're going to help you get your finances together. And they won't even sit with you to know what you know financially. So they can give you this pretty shiny system. But if you don't even know, you know, one and one is two. Hello. That's and that's that's a challenge. Let's talk about it, because sometimes what makes things chaotic Mm -hmm. is we get started because we got a vision. We got we have the problem we want to solve and we just gotta go. Yeah. And we already and you know, know go ahead. And sometimes you gotta move and the and and the things will come to you. Oh, Here's man. the thing. Go you ahead. Gotta, go ahead. You gotta, folks gotta listen. Folks gotta sit and reflect and listen. Like just because you have an idea doesn't mean that you need to execute it the way you need to do. I mean, here's a little joke that I make. Like if you go to Chicago, there's like a little church on every single corner. Why? Because yeah. folks, folks got egos and they don't know how to like you think about it. Let me let's say that. Hold on. Let's go. Let's go. Talk about Come on, Kashana. You know how it is. Like, so seriously, if we're talking about really impacting a community, because that, that's what it's about, right? Nonprofits are supposed to be about impacting a community. Again, filling in the gap. I mean, look at it historically. Nonprofits were formed back in the day because it was supposed to be a gap filler between the government services and the business services, right? That was the whole point. So when you think about the fact that like in Chicago, you walk down in certain parts of the of the city where there's a church on every corner, how are y'all impacting that particular community if y'all not connecting and having conversations? And I'm not saying collectively. And moving collectively. Moving, moving resources collectively. Exactly. Moving collectively, moving people collectively. Exactly. Exactly. And so you talk about chaos. So, I mean, that's what happens in a nonprofit community. Back to what you're saying is, okay, I got this great idea. So then what I'm doing is, well, I'm going to do this for this particular community. But you know, so-and-so got that going on down the street. Yeah, but mine's going to be different. Uh, well, but, but, but really though, like, really is don't. it, but really though, like, is it really going to be different or are you just basically so stubborn and so egotistical or prideful <laughs> that you won't, humble yourself to say, okay, wait a minute. If they're doing it well, mm. how can I come alongside them and maybe bring my collective to make certain that you're taking care of the people that I, that I have a heart for. But if you already have the structure, why can't I come alongside and be a part of that? And you also have ego with the organizations that could be doing that work who are like, well, I'm only going to stay in this section yes. of the city. I really don't yes. want to expand. Yes. But but I mean, yes. I'm willing to give you coaching and training and make you spend tons of money. And you're like, so really, though? So like, well, there, there, like there are times you're having to create it because folks won't share. Won't share. And so, and I'm like, so wait, how is this the nonprofit community? Like, what are we, like, what is it all about? And, and education the same way? I mean, it's like people are making tons of funds and money off of people's ignorance That's and right. their zealousness. And we need to call it out because that's not, that's not what it, that, that's not what this, the third sector is about. That's not what it's about. I didn't know I was going to have a Nelly moment because it's getting hot in here. So take off. Okay. Listen. I am getting too hot. Hey. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back in a few. 
We have all been there. Losing a team member is like throwing money in the trash and putting it outside for pickup. In fact, according to my most recent deep dive on these internet streets, according to the research, you can lose up to $200,000 in revenue and a lot of time when you don't make a great hire and your team members, well, they leave. So how do you find amazing talent and create the conditions for them to stick. If you've ever had a hard time hanging on to your team, you're looking for new strategies to help your team grow, or you're ready to level up as a manager and leader, then I have something for you. Sticky Teams, a private podcast just for everyday leaders, people managers, business owners, and folks who are looking to do talent management right so that you can recruit, retain, and develop great employees. I'm going to help you keep them engaged and make sure all of this aligns with the strategy and goals of your organization. The days of hiring and firing, of finding them and losing them, are gone. Dig on in to Sticky Teams over at kashanaco.com. Don't forget to subscribe, download, and leave a comment so we can keep the conversation going. Now, let's head back to Let's Take This Offline. Between the ego, the not sharing... And for folks who are positioning themselves as leaders and who are leaders and who want to step into the problem solving ring, because to your point that that really reinforcing that social safety net and that safety net period, y'all that that's the job y'all we are all in the justice work. Okay. And so when you didn't take the time to step back and go, who else does this work? The, the amount of clients to, um, when I used to uh, teach folks how to start nonprofit organizations, line one of my course was don't do it. Amen. That's it. Don't do it. That, that's it. The end. Wait, why, you, why do you feel like you need to do it? I mean, literally able to answer that. Why? Like, you and how to answer and it. Who else? Because I can name five other organizations in your neighborhood that are doing similar work. Have you talked to them? Like another after school program? Like really? And it's not to poo-poo the idea, right? Because folks are like, my dream is to open my own nonprofit. I'm like, is your dream to open a nonprofit? Is your dream to make an solve fill in the blank problem? Exactly. If it's a fill in the blank problem, I promise you, at 1.5 million nonprofit organizations in the US alone, that's not Hello. our Hello. listeners in Canada, in the UK, in Australia, et cetera, like friends, millions and millions of yep. organizations already exist and do not make it to the five-year mark. Exactly. Exactly. And because they keep buying into like, you know, like you have organizations who are doing great work, but they can't yeah. get a dollar. And then you have organizations that dig it all the money and, you know, let's just be real. They, they're, they're not doing great work, but they have the right, you know, board members and leadership and the right person that looks a certain way or a certain story. I mean, yeah. And so you got folks who are, you know, 
And at the end of the day, who suffers? The community. The community. The community. And that's the type of thing that I'm like, you know what? I need to be on this side because I, I, I want to continue to have these conversations and let people know that, look, we have to change this. Yeah. Like your leaders are burnt out. Like, and I mean, I don't know, you can look at all the different, um, like I'm part of all the things, like right, all the, the different groups, the Facebook groups. And literally every conversation is about somebody's board that's not being supportive, funding, 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 or they're asking, well, you know, how can I get a grant writer? And then, I mean, I don't know how many times mm-hmm. we have to tell people you can't get a percentage of the grant. Like, can I like, get a percentage of the grant? Friends? Like friends, friends, like friends. Like, Not like seriously, it, it's like, well, yeah, I got a grant writer who said that, it, it's like, wait a minute, so why do, why do they still exist? It's like, it's like the M&Ms, they do exist. Like, do these, exist. I'm like, what slice of the internet are they on? <laughs> the poachers, the poachers that take advantage of your ignorance. And so, like you said in your course, it's like, look, I'm gonna need y'all to educate yourselves. You know, it's kind of like the scripture that says, you know, study to show yourself approved unto God, like literally study, like study, um, learn all you can. Because if you are gonna take that next step, not only will it set you apart, are you really filling in the gap? Because otherwise you're adding to the chaos and to the noise and that exists. And the money, the the limited funds. I mean, let's just be honest. Unless you're like hospitals and all the things, that money, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like, in order for you to really tap into something, you got to really see where the money is. I mean, our communities, we're just not getting to a point where, you know, like we're building up the giving circles and all those things. Um, but like churches would give money, people, they, they do it because there's a story tied to it. Right. Cause the and informal giving networks have been our formal networks for a really long time. Exactly. So we're not and new to giving and to being philanthropic, to being charitable. The exactly. challenge is, is that money is a tool, right? And you have got to be able to know how to use these tools. How, first of all, how to get the right tools in your toolbox and the right size tools. Hello in the toolbox and then how to be able to love to, to leverage them because otherwise, you know, y'all have seen these ramshackle houses that get put up in three minutes and then burn. like Exactly. Exactly. Flooding. We've seen the flooding. We've seen the, the no HVACs. We've seen it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And building orders, it could be the same. Go ahead. Exactly. I mean, like in Texas, you know, we had that, uh, that big yes. old storm. I mean, that's, that. that's a prime example. You got all these houses. I mean, mm-hmm. I used to live in an area where it was like, I mean, when I say million dollar homes, literally, I mean, not because we were hitting like that, but uh, and I mean, but, I would celebrate but if we were, you know, hey, no problem. <laughs> but I'm grateful for what we had because we were in a town home and our townhouse was built back in the day, day, day. Mm. So our mm. stuff was standing strong. Whereas a lot of those big old homes that people paid a lot of money for, the roofs came off those houses and some of those houses even to this day haven't been rebuilt because that's crazy you can't folks like you can't pay folks to buy into the area anymore and mind you this was like a pristine area that and folks like, were like getting into but because of these storms yeah they're thinking about like how to build storm shelters and all the things and i'm like and now you gotta try to find like ways to reinforce when it should have been like that in the first, in the place. first place but that's the organization is the same no it's but that analogy is amazing because you're like looks good smells nice 
sort of works. Will it be sustainable over time? Well, does it have durability? Exactly. It's not like cutting the chaos. Like, I, you know, I'm curious about your work as um, you're in your PhD um, pursuit, because when you think about the how do all those things come together, like what is the sort of question that you are probing and um, digging into the most? You know, that's a really good question. I feel like right now at this point, just looking at the literature and just kind of really going through tons of articles, I think the biggest thing is looking at how burnout is kind of tied to equity. It's really cool stuff. Um, And I'm kind of doing some work around like looking at the fact that if you're figuring out ways to make your organization equitable, that can help to alleviate the burnout. Um, And so a lot of the work to me, I believe is, is it's aligned. Um, and so that's kind of where I'm kind of really camping down is kind of seeing where there's alignment between the equity work and preventing burnout work. Because I think the other question is, it's not so much about preventing burnout. I mean, like you can do the work that we're doing right now. Right. And we love it. So, you know, yes, we know we got to take vacations, spend time with families, but yeah. ultimately we're, we're doing work that we love. The other part of it is, like, are you doing work that you love? Like, <laughs> like there are people who are That's serving, who are serving in nonprofits right now, and they've been in the same position for twenty years because they're not trying okay. to do anything differently. Yeah, you know, yeah. and and you have to take time to really get to know yourself. And again, it goes back to that self awareness of like. What are you good? Like, like, what do you want to do? And it's not the question of like, what are your purpose to do? It's, not, it's, it's beyond that, right? Like it's like, we sometimes get into stuff that because people say that we're good at it and we just do that. And, but I'm like, what are you doing to thrive? Not just yeah. survive because, yeah. I mean, COVID has taught us a lot. Like folks, like there is no guarantee you're going to see tomorrow. I mean, folks Hello. younger than us I mean, who have we, been we, passing we away. Tomorrow, I promise since, we came out and could uh, and could walk and talk and exactly and literally saw that unfold before our eyes. And that's what I'm saying. It's the it's the deeper question of the yeah. why we do this work. Yeah. Because I think that sometimes, like if you don't have certain structures, you do it because you feel good. Um, but is that the reason why you should do this work? Ooh. It's not about feeling good, right? Mm. That's kind of a you know ancillary like. And that's a and that's a focused in way of looking at it because I feel exactly I feel I feel good and it's like well but is that something that's needed and oftentimes leaders are not asking that question of is the work like like nonprofits need to really ask themselves from a mission standpoint and a vision standpoint if I do this work for ten years can we really turn the dial on this you know on whatever the mission is right. And folks won't ask that question. No so they love and they and they love being able to say, well, you know, we started back in the 1937s and da 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 da. But I mean, so if babies ain't, you know, if if we haven't created a system where babies are not getting what they need, and you've been around since you know all these since 1937, you know how the kids say, if I see a one, you good, like <laughs> like I already know you old. I'm like, shut up. But I mean, <laughs> that is funny. You know, but I'm sitting here like, okay, so, 
Because, you know, I'll suddenly be hurt. I'll be like, so, yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute. They're like, oh, yeah, you good. I'm like, wait a minute. Don't you want to you wanna see my ID? They're like, no. Nah, we, sis, we saw the one. I'm like, you going to look at this ID. I'm like, look, you're going to be you're gonna be marveled. They're like, nah, sis, I see the one. We good. And I'm like. But anyway, I mean, same thing for nonprofits. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, yeah. what's your, and, and, and I found, like, it's different when you start a nonprofit versus when you're coming into somebody else's stuff. And when you want into somebody else's stuff, you got to really ask the question, where y'all want to be? Because ultimately, if they're not trying to really get to the heart of it, and that's what I had to realize was that my vision for the work that I was doing was not aligned with the leaders that started the organization. They wanted it to be a kind of a my pie thing and never wanted it to grow beyond that. Whereas when I did research, the research showed me that there was a missing gap in serving these children. And I'm like, we have an opportunity to do this. Do this, yeah. And, 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 and again, it took me having to be on the other side of it, recognizing, wait a minute, you can't throw, throw your pearls before swap. You can't always give your all to something that's not, it just wasn't meant to be. Yes. Yeah. And so now I'm seeing how all of that has played to me being able to do what I'm doing right now, because not only is it needed, but it's one of those things where it continues, it continuously involves, evolves, right? Because leaders going to always be with you, whether you're leading a for-profit, non-profit or whatever, you know, even children as they lead student council or, you know, leaders on the playground. And so it's about having that integrity, that character, because honestly, built. Those are the things that bring people to you. You ain't even got to be the smartest person and the sharpest crayon in the box. But if you can, if people know that you're willing to do the do the thing that that can get the results that's necessary to change this world, folks support you. Also support you. I mean, you see it with integrity. I mean, you see it with the GoFundMe's and all that stuff. You know, a dad saves his twin daughters and all of a sudden folks like, look, we need to make sure that man gets stuck Diapers for his babies, right? Forever. Right. Exactly. And you see- A million dollars later. Right. Or this yes, woman so says she, she's pregnant with five kids and she like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Okay, so look, look, all the reality shows and it came off of that, you know, yeah, couplets, you know what I'm saying? They moved past it. Out but that was the way for a minute. Oh my goodness. So I think that, you know, what you bring up to me today as we're wrapping up, I think is so important for folks to, to hear um, some of the lessons that are necessary. And mm-hmm. for me, it is really in thinking about the fact that we have got to be clear when we're going into a thing. Mm-hmm. And when we're in the thing, you got to keep probing and you got to keep asking the why question and the so what question. You name that a couple <laughs> different ways. Mm-hmm. And you can't do the status quo if you're trying to do a new thing because that's the definition of insanity, right? You're trying to get different results from the same thing. And you really got to align yourself with folks who will push you, pull you, lift you, get you where you need to go, and that you can continue to do that best work. And you got to look around to see who else (laughs) needs to be on this wagon with me or whose wagon do I need to get on? Because maybe I need to drive it. Because this competition that they de- that, that funders and f- the, f- the philanthropic cr- uh, community has created amongst nonprofits, yeah. it's just a doggone shame. It like is. we shouldn't we shouldn't be competing for dollars. Like 
you know what I'm saying? It's like, we have to basically show and prove that we're worthy to be funded. Like, yeah. I mean, it is a dance and they do call it a dog and a pony. And, and okay. So, and I'm like, the heck with all that. Like burn absolutely. that crap up and let's actually get to what, you know, why these organizations were started. Let's go back to the premise. Let's, let's to do that. the research. You know, communities came together. You, you can like it or not, but it was like when you think about the Black Panthers, when you think about, uh, you know, Red Cross, when you think about Mothers Against Drunk Driving, all these things came out of tragedy or necessity yeah. or yeah. something. And like when you think about MAD, it started because we didn't have seatbelt laws and things of that nature. Exactly. And, and you had folks who were drinking and all the things. And, you know, and so they realized, wait a minute. And they and that story was able to get letters, you know, take it to, to the to the to the top, you know, to actually create laws. And so now all of a sudden through their work, we have you know, law, legislation, rules, and policy legislation, and rules, um, which is what we're saying we need. And that's what's missing from the conversation is hearing the voices of the folks who are doing the work on the ground to help to shape the policy, to help to shape the what was needed to actually deal with the issue. Like, it's not just about getting diapers and T-shirts for babies. That's good. But what are we doing to make sure that they are on a path of learning? That's the beauty of America, right? Their whole life that we're looking at. Ooh, Education can change the whole life and a whole life, right? And and we're missing that because we're just trying to be cute. Oh. We want the picture. We want the, I did this good work. I'm coming to people today. Uh-oh. I think that's hey. so true. And I think that, you know, I'm going to be so curious to see what folks have to say because our listeners like to get in it and send me emails. And so I'm like, just drop it in the comments below, y'all, okay? Um, you know, Lenina, look, you and I can talk and we need to have you come in the studio studio so you can sit, we can sit on the couch. Look, y'all, the couch right behind me. Um, so that- Yeah, so we can keep talking about this because I feel like it's so important to keep unpacking the things that make our leadership journey chaotic. And you just pointed out some really great points today. So I want to thank you so much for coming on. It is just such a joy to have you. Listen, my friends, I want y'all to make sure that you are liking, commenting, and sharing this episode so that we are able to continue to have the conversation about you, an everyday leader, okay? Out here just trying to live well, lead well. And Lita, thank you so much. We're going to make sure we have all of her information um, in the show notes, my friends. And so you'll be able to uh, connect with Lenita. Where do you hang out the most? Are you of the Instagram? Instagram, Instagram, Instagram and LinkedIn. So go to Lenita Riley. That's L-E-N-I-T-A-R-I-L-E-Y. And then I also have my business set up, not just fundraising. So you can check that out too. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Um, I feel like you just have all the things to say. And I'm super excited to continue <laughs> to support you. Your PhD journey is amazing. And thank you so much for coming on the show. You're so right, welcome. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right, y'all. Like what you heard and need a little bit more of this in your life? Well, I want you to head on over to Kish Camp, my virtual camp for stressed out managers who are looking to manage people better and lead with confidence. You can head over to Kish Camp at www.kishcamp.co.